Ready Check Radio. What's up, Internet? It's Thursday. It's 7 p.m. Eastern. That means it's time for the Relic Grind. Ready Check Radio's Final Fantasy 14 slash Square Enix podcast. And man, we got a good one for you. We got a good one for you. If you're watching on YouTube or uh, listening on Spotify, make sure you head on over there to uh, Ready Check Radio, R-A-I-D-E-O.com. And in the upper right-hand corner, click on all those socials. Find us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Turn on notifications. All that stuff. And of course, sometime, when you have the time, we'd love it if you'd stop by live on Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, twitch.tv, Ready Check Radio, and hang out with us. Just like Chad is today. Mango's there. Hey, Mango. How are you? Mango's here for the show. We got a lot of, stu- of stuff to cover. Ironically, you know, not we. Yeah, we had a Final Fantasy patch drop this week, five, 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 triple fives. But like, I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about in that patch that we haven't already gone through in depth. But we'll get everybody's reactions to that. And we've got some Dragon Quest news, and we've got some Yoshi P interviews. That's where a lot of the fourteen stuffs coming from. Joining me to go over all of it, Mister Chris Montoya, aka Tarkoth. How are you, sir? Greetings, programs. I'm doing okay. Uh, I'm actually a little disappointed with the patch, but we'll get into that. But overall, well, I well. mean, I saw, yeah, I mean, I can feel that. I could definitely feel that. But I also feel like, and, and yeah, you're right. We'll get to it. I feel like if you're disappointed by this patch, then you you probably just expected more than is normally in the five fives. So I, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. We'll get your opinions in just a second after we introduce Mr. Adam Lane, aka Kronos. What's up, sir? Yeah, not much, man. I I don't know how long I'm gonna be able to wait before like Endwalker, man. Six months is a long time. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the biggest disappointment factor for me on five five here, five five five. When I say five five, I'm ta- I'm talking about the dot five five, not five dot five. How's that? Like if I say five five, 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 yeah, five, five, five. I'm refi- referring <laughs> to dot fifty five. Five squared. Yeah. No. 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 That is not the same. Huh? That is not the same at all. <laughs> Like, I was a calculus major in college. That is not the same at all. <laughs> Please don't do that. Uh, but anyway, let's get right down to it. 5.55 is uh, is done. It's out. And you probably finished the main pieces of it within about an hour. Uh, you know, As far as the MSQ goes, the main story quest, we'll kind of start there, gentlemen. Because this, as you alluded to, Adam, does kick off the basically six-month wait now. Now we wait until the end of November. Um, closer to the middle of November if you pre-release, right? And, uh, yeah. yeah, basically main story quest was three quests. Two of which was just some reading. One of which you got to do, to do a little something-something. Uh, I'd say no spoilers, but I think in this case there really isn't... Yeah, when it comes to the MSQ, there really isn't anything we can spoil. I mean, you knew you were going to fight some of the Lunars, if not all of them, going into it. Uh, and you do. Uh, you fight three of them, in fact. Uh, they weren't exactly the way I kind of imagined them, but let's get your takes on them first, Tark. You uh, expressed disappointment with 5-5 five, five here. 5-5-5, five, 5.55. Five, five, five Triple fives. Five. Triple five. There we go. How about triple fives? You express triple some fives. disappointment with triple fives. Uh, so let's start with you. I'm assuming if you're like me, part of your disappointment was probably how fast that was over and, and what exactly it entailed, right? That that was it. I was hoping that this would be, you know, going into Endwalker, this might be on the same level as uh, 2.55, where we had the big getting out of Ulda and all that shenanigans, uh, getting to Heaven's Ward. Um, but there really wasn't much there. I am glad that we didn't do a world tour trying to complete uh, Alphano's report. That was a fear, because we were Castramorians and we're talking to people, and I'm like, okay, please, let, can this be the end? I don't want to keep moving on to other places and talk about the Crystal Braves. I, I don't. Um, so that ended quickly, but there really was... I, I don't understand how... 
they split this up. Like the story didn't need to be split up into two pieces for this um, for five point five. Well, I think on that front, though, if if you don't split it up, then it's essentially a seven and a half month wait until the expansion. Uh, and and true, I didn't expect true, I didn't but... expect I didn't expect a ton of story drops here, right? I mean, there was really nowhere for us to go between five dot five and where we know, or at least assume, that six dot is going to start. Really, we just kind of had to wrap up the immediate threat with Fan Daniel and the lunar primals uh that was it we're not we know we knew going into this we weren't really going to get into any xenos action adam until 6.0 comes so that was kind of just like uh maybe we'll see him once or twice but we're not going to have any interaction or, or anything they weren't certainly weren't going to kick off any big story huge story beats and then make us wait six months which which i think was a, an intelligent decision and you compared it to 255 um mm -hmm. and i would agree with you but that was there was also a different set of circumstances then like real world circumstances they were already in development of all the two and three dot material before we even got to o so they were for lack of a better term ahead of the game release wise uh, all the way up to the launch of 40 where from 40 forward was now okay we're now producing this more in real time than ahead of time. Adam, your take on the, the MSQ, what'd you think? I thought it was okay. Um, I mean, a lot of people ask for these solo instances, and I thought this one was pretty good Yeah, uh, yeah. as far as this stuff goes. Yeah. Um, they don't really do much for me, but I thought it was pretty fun to at least play through and like see what everybody's doing and play as the different characters. Um, yeah, I think I think 2.55 is really hard to like top, honestly, because like, the way they yeah. ended that into Heavensward, to me, is like some of the best, probably. Mm -hmm. um, and and I didn't really. I mean, we we understand why they I guess like hid the name of the twins' dad because he was introduced in this patch. I guess they wanted to like try to sh surprise people or something. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, and he was kind of a dick. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. All on board, uh, dick. Yeah, he was kind I mean, of a how dick. How do you just disown your children like that? That's just. <laughs> it definitely makes me think uh, further into like some Endwalker stuff. Like I know we talked about like how that one zone might be like a potential bunker, so that might be like yeah. kind of why he's being that way. Um, or, or they just like know the world's going to end a different way or something like that. It's kind of where my head's at. Well, yeah, um, and they allude to that in the storyline. Like, okay, wait, if they were just going to say no, why send Daddy? Uh, mm -hmm. Why send him here? It's almost like they, they, they kind of know that this is going to happen. And then that makes sense with if you, you, you think about that bunker, like they're already prepping for it. Mm -hmm. And so they know we don't have to intervene because we're going to be okay. You know, right. so so we don't want to intervene. I also will say this, and we're we're gonna reference this uh, back. We'll come back. We'll circle back on this in a Yoshi P interview. But I couldn't help but think while I was playing it, gents, that I was like, "What if we don't win? Like, what if that's the end? Right? We we don't win. You, you don't have to have both the the bad guys' objective here is pretty much just let's take it all out." Uh, so it wouldn't be a bad guys win scenario and they take over the world either. They're just aiming to... And I was like, well, what if we don't win? Because this is like all kind of alluding to like Charleyan is the only people that are going to survive this. And it seems like they already have kind of foreknowledge on that might be the case. So uh, we're going to circle back on that because I'm not the only one that apparently thought that might be an ending possibility to the point that, that our man Yoshi P actually addressed that specific thought in an interview. So we'll come back to that. But I did like the way it was presented. I thought the tabletop map with the pieces mm -hmm. and the fading in and out. Yeah. I thought presentationally, Tark, that was pretty cool. Oh yeah. Um I really enjoyed the the solo instance part. Um Elise and Gratia, their kits are awesome. I wish it was simple as that. Go yeah. Black Mage or Red Mage. Yeah, I was like, wow, uh, that's the easiest Black Mage I've ever played. <laughs> I, <laughs> that's, that's a preview I, for PvP to come. I, I get scared when they do stuff like that because it makes me think, because some people do want stuff like that, but it, I just, it, it would bore the crap out of me if they made it like all, where combos are just like but one button. So I, I hope they don't. Um, I mean, there are games that I'm do sure that. Like when you play like Terra, you can, you, know, uh, you can have all the abilities on your hotbar 
but then they all key off of Spacebar if they're in combo succession. There are games, too, that do it a little more in-depth where there's, like, two or three um, options to press. So, like, yeah, you could have them all on your hotbar, but if you ever key ability one, then all of a sudden it says, okay, press shift, control, or spacebar, and, and takes it down the combo lines. I don't think I'd be as opposed to to something like that, but when you start talking about black mages, where literally, like, the combo is <laughs> fire, four, fire, fire, fire four, fire four, fire four, fire four, fire one, fire four, fire four, and and then slide casting, yeah, I don't want to see a one button press, Adam. I'm with you on, on that. Yeah, uh, I will say, Thankred uh, gave us the best quote though during that Odin fight. The best defense is a good defense. Yeah, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. I do think it was uh, a very intelligent design for if you're gonna make me play a character all of a sudden with abilities that I have no familiarity with because I've never even messed with those classes to a great extent. I'm not hamstrung, basically. I thought it was intelligent. I'm okay with it in the quest. I'm with you, Adam. I don't want to see it in the game like yeah. that. I have no issue with it in solo instances. It's just when I see it, it makes me think like, oh, maybe this is like a testing ground for something they might implement. Um, uh, but they might not. I mean, they've done something like that before. Yeah. So. yeah. The... Um, the ending's kind of cool. The ending's kind of cool. Uh, the just the emphasis, the, like there's nothing spoilerific or twisty or cliffhangery here, uh, unlike some other patches. Besides, you know, we know we're going to the moon, and they very, very much focused on the moon in the final seconds of the cutscene, right? So, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it was. I thought that you know. Cinematically, again, I feel like I'm saying some of the same thoughts that I had about the uh, the dungeon, um, which was cinematically, presentationally, thought it was awesome. Content-wise, maybe wasn't exactly where I would have wanted it. And that kind of sums up this entire patch for me, not just the MSQ. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. It's, it's, fair. It's, 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 I think it's meant to be small, but yeah. yeah. I mean, there's definitely some disappointing things. Um, anything you saw that makes you want to make a prediction on Endwalker in any way? It was really just the Charlene stuff. Well, I guess we know where we're going first, right? Yeah, we're like set yeah, to go. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, our bags are packed. Our tickets are stamped. We're just waiting for Cryo to call us back at this time, at this point, yeah. at the end of the quest. Uh, just like, hey, where, where, where is it? Uh, anybody do the Yorha uh, epilogue stuff? I, I did it. What'd you think? Have y'all done it? Have y'all done no. it at all? No. I think it's pointless. <laughs> okay, good. I mean, if you really want to see it, it's like, I guess it's like the actual ending to like the story. Yeah, because you um, have to. Maybe they were gonna do some... Have you been doing your weeklies, yeah, but... Tark? No. Ah, I, just, I yeah. lost. I, I did the raid, uh, fun fights. The, the story lost me two patches ago. I just did. Yeah, because I believe you have to have the weeklies current to, to yeah, you trigger. Have to six, six of them. Yeah, you have to you get have to six. six of them. Uh, to go ahead and trigger the actual epilogue. I thought it was all right. Yeah, again, it was all right, cool. If you didn't put that in there, I probably wouldn't have cared. The fact that it's there, I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, thought it was weird. They like tried, they showed like the decision that like the different servers made. Like that was some crazy big decision. I I, I don't know. It just is odd. I thought they were gonna do more with it. Like maybe have multiple endings or a reason to go back in. But... No, that's the weekly. <laughs> They're like. Yeah. Just go back in there. Don't you don't have that fight, fight anything. Just go walk three quarters of the way through it, pick up two things, and come on back. Um, we'll see you next week. <laughs> That's the weekly. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, of so course, easy. <laughs> the largest piece of content in this actually, and we knew this going into it, was not the main story, was not the Yorha stuff or anything that has already come and gone. But the Save the Queen stuff, the enhancements to Bosja, the additional zones in Bosja, the additional events, the addition of the merit uh, system, kind of from Final Fantasy XI, the streamlining, in air quotes, of relic acquisition, uh, some ugly-ass freaking relics. I hate this series of mm. relics. I'm not, not a You're fan. not being harsh enough. You're not being harsh enough. Yeah, I'm Terrible. not a fan of them at all. Like, at all. Uh, and this is Kronos. I'll go to you first, and then Tarkoth will go to you because you guys know that, like, I am 
the bare minimum I have to do in Bosja to have to complete the content. I am not farming it. <laughs> and now that I have seen the final versions of the relics, I'm done. I, I don't need them. I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. Forget it. Uh, I'm not wasting any more time in there. So, Kronos, uh, let's go with you since you uh, you actually enjoyed this content up until now. I, I still think it's okay. Um, there's definitely some things, right? Like, it's very much Southern Front Part 2. It's not really that much different, um, which isn't a bad thing. The CEs are still a lot of fun. Some of them are actually pretty hard. Uh, yeah. If you get Belias, just Belias. be ready for everyone to die. Um, he's he's definitely like the new Red Chocobo fate, but probably worse, honestly. The only thing is, is I think you can kind of cheese it a little bit um, if people know what they're doing. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's got the 1v1s. You got the, 40, the new 48-man, which is fun, but I think in order to entice more people to queue and not have another caster issue, they basically made the 48-man brain-dead easy if you go in with like less than like eight people. And I think you get Echo. So basically you get Echo as long as you have less, I think I think less than like 24. You get Echo in there. Um, and then it scales down based on like how many people you're missing. So I think the first time I did it, I did it with five people, including me. <laughs> and we and I think I had I had uh like four, like three hundred fifty thousand health, and my tank had eight hundred thousand health. <laughs> Jesus. Um, and we weren't like nothing was even like we were having. Like, some of us had like five dip like Voln stacks, and it didn't matter. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. The new actions are pretty nutty. At that uh, point, none cool, of your though. healing spells even matter, though. <laughs> there's like if you're going in with like less than eight, you don't even really need a healer. If people just bring like some self healing stuff, like or if you're a warrior or something like that, you'll never need to get healed. Um, there's very few things that will just outright kill you. Most stuff just puts bone stacks on you. Um, it's still fun. Like the bosses are fun. It's it's very much the like Castrum, just easier. Um, the rewards are kind of whatever. It's just the armor um, and it's a couple other things. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I just don't know how I feel about that. How it's like just super. super like Castrum was kind of tough day one, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, we you know, were get, we talked about feedback career. on this show, Tark, where it was arguably in a lot of people's cases too tough. Yeah, yeah, because you, how do you organize those forty-eight people? You're not going to all get into Discord for that simple thing. Um, so who goes top? Who goes bottom? All directions: northeast, south, northwest. Um, so organization was the the key issue for Castrum. That's still in Dalrida, so there's okay. still like uh, so the first part. But it doesn't matter. I had five people, so we two of us went yeah. top, three of us went bottom. It was fine. Um, and then there's like a section where you have to split into three groups. But um, if you're like less than one party, you just kind of ignore one of the things you're supposed to do, and you just go to the other two. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's really the less people you have, honestly, the more likely it is you'll probably clear. Uh, not that I've really failed. It's not like super hard or anything. Um, but it, it is still fun. And then, like I said, the new actions are, are actually like pretty cool and well, well designed like they do some pretty crazy things and they make the previous zones like you could just go back and like hammer on stuff especially yeah, once you get it, like it actually it, new Valor to me I, it's almost a little too much it absolutely trivializes the the previous content it's not going it's not even like going in there and having fun and looking at oh my look at these big numbers and stuff it's just like why do i even have to do this at this point <laughs> this is this is like being level 80 and telling me i'd go kill ladybugs outside of gradania again i mean it just yeah, it's cool the first two that I kill. I did so much damage, but I got to kill 400 of these? Come on. <laughs> I mean, it absolutely just does trivialize the content. You haven't had a chance to to jump into it, Tark? No, I, I'm uh, rank 21. Oh, there you go. Um, the I'm sorry. Ranking, ranking up is quick. Really they really fast. want you to get to the end um, to start working on the merits. Because the valor, yeah, it's because of like the, uh, the honors cost you 20 mil each time. Oh, my God. Okay. And then it it starts to scale up. So so like the first time you get it, you'll be able to select three. So you can get like two damage buffs and a health buff. But once you get past two, everything costs two. And I'm sure like once you get past like four or five, I haven't gotten there yet. Everything's gonna probably cost three. And then you know yada yada until because you're able to get ten of each. So thirty total. Which so you get probably 10. take a while. There's ten. You get, so there's, you get ten of each. Ten of each buffs, of the three buffs. You get ten of each. Yeah. So there's just ten. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, just just ten, just, that, just the, the damage joke? one. That's all you need. That's yeah, all. The you damage need. one's the only one that really. Although I heard in dr in dr savage, you you can have a tank with a million health. So, I mean, <laughs> do some. That's not broken stuff. at all. 
Uh, I will say that probably the best um, item in the... Oh, did I forget to load it? Yes, I did. Got all my other B-roll except for that. My favorite thing might be... Might be... The old triple triad mount. Oh, my God. That's so ridiculous. It is a little ridiculous. But yeah, when not I a bad way. Not a bad way. Yeah, when I saw it, I was kind of like, you know what? Shame on me for expecting anything different because that is absolutely <laughs> perfect for what the uh, achievement actually is. I do not have mine yet. I still... Uh, Frickin' tournaments are in there, so I gotta go do that. And I just haven't. And you don't I, have to do I, the tournament. The what's what's that? You don't need the tournament card. Oh, is it just through three twelve? Yep. Cool. Okay. Cool. So I still need. I don't know. I think like forty. So people don't want to drop their cards, even with the new drop rates. They're still not dropping the damn ones. But Chronos, uh, uh, you got yours. I saw you tweeted out. You got yours. Tark, did you get yours, or are you just so averse to triple triad? I just haven't done it. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping to get into it because if you don't have to do the tournaments, I'm I'm all for it. You um, don't. You just need every uh, other card. I think it's 312. Yeah. If you okay. if you don't need the tournaments, it's definitely. I I don't know what the achievement says, but if you don't need the tournaments, that's cards one through 312. Card, right, the, cool. the, yeah, the achievement literally says you need card numbers one through 312. Oh well, there you, you, you go. Will, you, you will have to beat the Dalrida though, because uh, the. Last boss is card of Dalrada is locked behind, killing them, killing him, and then getting clusters. So, I kind of love this card. mount. I'm not gonna lie, like it's not my favorite like mount a, in the game or anything. But when you're like, hey, triple triad achievement, I'm like, that's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. Yeah, it I plays the that, triple triad theme too. Yeah, <laughs> cool. I put that uh, up uh, in the tier with the the bed, the flying bed. I love the flying bed. That thing's awesome. I hate the bed. <laughs> <laughs> The bed is so dumb. The bed and the heart chairs, the left and right heart chairs. Every time I hit random flying roulette and I get one of those, I'm like, nope, uh, we're actually going to stay here for eight more seconds while we switch this because I am not doing this. But those are the worst. The, they, the, the half chairs are the worst. The half chairs are pretty bad. The half chairs are pretty bad. Uh, so all in all, I mean, that's pretty much it in 5-5. Five five. Um yeah. I hope you enjoy Bosja because if you have everything level capped that you want to have level capped, if you've done all side stuff that you want to do, then yeah, it's a six month wait. Go enjoy some other games. Um, hell, you know, Yoshi P would even tell you unsub for a little while and go do something else unless you own a fucking house and then rip. Uh, <laughs> you can you can unsub every other month if you as long as you. Uh, come back in between to sub for a month and walk into your house so it doesn't get demoed. Uh, but, of course, finishing 5-5, finishing FanFest, we are still riding high on the train of Yoshi P interviews. They just keep continuing. Uh, Yoshi P did an interview with FanBite. Now, a lot of the stuff with FanBite was kind of... Uh, I, I don't want to say rehashed, but it was stuff that has been spoken about before on uh, in other interviews, including, as always, it comes up, you know, developing during a pandemic. Um, and, and I think one of the only new points that I saw Yoshi P mention here that I hadn't seen him mention elsewhere was uh, really trying to take into account an individual as a person during the whole pandemic. Like not everybody was going to go, Oh, we got to work from home. Uh, okay, cool. Well, Tuesday I'll be up and running and away we'll go. But like the mental status of employees that, you know, not only is this a change, uh, and we have to adapt to it, but just, you know, being generally nervous or concerned or worried or, I thought that was a take that he really hasn't expressed in any other interviews that I was I was happy, Adam, to see him express here. I mean, yeah, as someone who like had to work from home during the pandemic, at least for a good chunk of it, and um, while I had a job during 2020. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you think it's not going to affect you that way, but it does. Um, like even me as like a person who like, I love to be inside and playing games most of the time when you when 
when it just becomes like I'm not only playing games now I'm just working and I, I literally just like turn this way from my work computer to this way to my like my game computer like it does affect you so it's it's pretty sweet that like uh that he's like talking about all this stuff and that they went through these things to kind of make sure their employees are like doing well yeah when it comes to that stuff he he goes into a little more to talk about the whole uh soaking and cancer situation um, where he's talking about, you know, having to hide it and then having like this, this almost like guilt, like I should be letting him just focus on his treatment, but here I am like delegating work assignments to him, but that's also what he's telling me he wants. And just that weird situation. I think that would put any of us in, in, in if, if we were having to pass out assignments, but then also using FanFest and the planning of FanFest to, you know, just get people to smile, whether it was staff and enjoying the smiles of the different gamers, including the damn Lahi uh, musical performance and the dancing on stage as well to the point that uh, maybe not all ideas get expressed to Yoshi P verbally or to members of the team because they just might become reality when you meant them as a joke. Like stuff you asked me to do here? Yeah. Yeah, that too. Yeah. That's it. Okay. That's it. Hey, it was a joke, Tark. What are you doing? Yeah, what the hell are you doing? Do what are you doing? But uh, I, I can kind of understand Sokin's point of view with being in the hospital. You know, he had been making the music for the game for years. And now you're in a pandemic and he, he's got to have a purpose. Um, yeah, he wants to have a reason to keep going to fight. So I understand his his point, and it's got to be really weird for Yoshi and the team to enable that and be like, "But you need to rest and you need to get better." So, like, how do you balance that? That's it was, I can't I can't imagine being in his shoes to make that decision. Uh, he did confirm that Sokin was wearing a wig, which I thought he was, um, and I actually Googled that for last week's show because I didn't want to say it looked like he was wearing a wig and then have him not have been wearing a wig. Uh, when we were talking about this situation last week. Turns out he was, um, and that was confirmed in hair. His hair is growing back, though, by the way, so I'm sure he'll have his locks. He just didn't have them in time for FanFest, so he, he wigged it up uh, for FanFest. Now, there is one thing that this interview at FanBite brought up, and I want to give huge kudos to uh, Natalie, Natalie Flores over at FanBite, uh, because this has been a topic for a while now. Um, for a few expansions now, in fact. Uh, maybe for some, dating all the way back to the initial A Realm Reborn launch. And uh, while it may be a difficult topic to bring up if you were talking directly to Yoshi P or somebody, I, I got to give kudos to uh, Natalie Flores, who wrote the article for Fanbyte and uh, did the interview uh, for just the way the topic was broached, right? Um, and the there's always been this since 2.0 there's always been this like question mark about characters in Final Fantasy um, having their skin lightened uh, over time whether it be in just the launch of a reborn or even in, in subsequent expansions and it's hard not to look at that and go like even as a white vanilla boring guy right like even i look at that and i go i'm not really sure why that's happening i'm not really sure why that's needed that character does look lighter and i i don't i don't know why right uh as somebody of color i'm sure there's even more concern uh than than that not just a hey i wonder why this seems weird but more a what is going on? Why are we whitewashing these characters? Now, the one that gets the most talk about this, but is by far not the only one in 14, is, of course, Yishtola, right? Yep. Uh, and so I'm going to read directly how Natalie approached the topic with Yoshi P, because I think it expressed the concerns, um, but also facilitated a discussion, which is what needed to happen here. Uh, as a journalist, one of the many things that I appreciate about Yoshida is his thoughtfulness when answering questions, even if they're difficult. One such question I've had for a long time is about Yishtola's skin color. Over time, community members, particularly in the West, 
have noticed that Yishtola's skin color has become lighter as the expansions have progressed. It's an observation that has caused concern and hurt among some players. As one of those players, I asked Yoshida for his input. He spent almost 20 minutes answering it, so I'd like to convey his answer to the community as clearly as possible. Like the material from the interview included in the rest of this article, it has been slightly edited for clarity. Yoshi P starts by saying it is a sensitive matter, but there are different ways in which people do interpret this and it might be hurtful to some people. And I do understand that certain people might take it in a certain way and be hurt in the way we depict certain things. But I do want to assure you that we do not have any sort of ill intent. Excuse me. He went on, went on, went on to explain that Yishtola's look in 1.0 in which her skin tone was much lighter. Let's circle back on that one in a minute. Uh, at the time, the team had to revamp the graphics engine, including the lighting system, on a tight schedule for A Realm Reborn. As a result, he feels the team wasn't able to create a new look for her or shine the spotlight on her enough as one of the game's key characters. That's why, in heaven's word, all the members of the Scions, including Yishtola, had a costume change. We were able to allocate the resources to update their look. So with Yishtola, we changed up her hair a little bit. Thancred also went through some major t uh, changes, which that was talked about on a live letter. We tried to bring out the energetic and outgoing aspect of Yishtola with her costume as well as her hair. In order to further that depiction more, we tried to make her skin a little bit more tanned. She's more sun-kissed. That was the choice that we made in her updated look. Same goes with Th for Thancred too. He would go through a survival period. He was out in the wild, so we gave him that rugged look with the sun-kissed tone as well. So Yishtola had started out as a bit more fair-skinned, then sort of darkened. And I'm not going to read the, the, the entirety of this. I do recommend you check out the article if the topic is of interest to you. Uh, but he goes back and forth with, in the narrative, like when she goes to Shadowbringer, she's basically in the forest, hiding the entire time, this Matoya-type thing. And so naturally, you know, her body being in... The, the rising sands and in a bed and not exposed to sun, she would pale a little bit, okay? And on this portion, I, I can see the, the, the point of the discussion, right? You're trying to keep these characters more alive than representing a static, never-changing look, right? If they're in an expansion where they're outside all the time, everybody's skin would darken to a, a little degree. I get a tan, you know, it doesn't get ridiculous, uh, I, you know, I don't go full very, very dark, but I get a little bit of brown on the skin. Fine. So I can understand that part. Where this loses me a little bit, though, is Yishtola. I don't know about you, but to me, Yishtola was not lighter in 1.0 than she, she was in 2.0. And there are images you can Google very quickly to see that Yishtola was pretty dark-skinned uh, in, in 1.0. And so I don't know how to take it. Like, I certainly believe him when he says, hey, this is not something we have ill intent behind, Kronos. We're not whitewashing Eorzea. There is thought and concerns with graphic engines and lightings and stuff. Like, all these different things go into it. But if you're being told that, hey, that may be the case but this might be going a little too far and look a, a, a way that you probably don't want it to look. I, I feel like that should be taken into consideration along with those technical challenges and those, you know, you're out in the wild in the sun all the time challenges. I, I didn't like Yoshi P's answer, particularly when it starts off with something that I'm sure you can find screenshots of 1.1 where she's, you know, a little more fairer skinned, but there are plenty of 1.0 screenshots where Yishtola is pretty dark skinned, pretty dark skinned, and it's a pretty substantial lightning over these few expansions, not just, hey, it's winter and I'm a little bit pale and it's summer and I got a little bit of tan. There's huge swings in the, in the difference, Kronos. Yeah, see, I, I never really, like, looked at this issue, to be honest, because I didn't play 1.0. So I never really like thought about it that way, but I could see how like people would take it that way for sure. And it's not, it's really not a good thing if, if people are seeing it like that. And I, I don't think a lore reason is probably a good reason to do it, to be honest. Like, I think if people are identifying with that, uh, there's really no reason to change skin color, I think. 
Um, yeah, Ravix yeah, I mean, in chat even... pointing out, and I don't know if you just joined us, Ravix. We did already mention that Thancred has has part of has had this happen too, and other characters. We were just using Yishtola specifically because that was the character asked about in the fanbite interview. Sorry, Kronos, go ahead. No, you're good. Uh, I I hope he does take the feedback though and understand that it's probably not something that people are going to care too much about. Like, I don't I don't think you really need because she's like been in a room trapped for like however long that you really need to like lighten her skin even if that's like a a semi-legit reason um so i mean i i'm hoping like if people are asking him these hard questions and he's and he's having to respond that way maybe they'll he'll take it back to the team i don't think it's i don't think it's purposeful though like i, I do think he's being honest um yeah i just don't I, know if well, it's a good reason that's the thing though like i, I... yoshi p has an awful lot of goodwill right an awful yeah. lot of goodwill tark but I don't believe mm -hmm. any amount of goodwill should put you above scrutiny or sure. above questioning. Sure. Um, yeah. Maybe you get, maybe because of the goodwill, you have earned the benefit of the doubt in some situations that might fall in, in, in a gray zone, let's say, uh, than somebody who hasn't built up that goodwill. But it is important that somebody that has all that goodwill still be challenged where appropriate, uh, at least in, in my book. And so I do like this question being asked that's why i'm still i'm kind of disappointed with the answer and you know what i have so many video games where my race and even my gender are so widely represented that i can't possibly express the views that somebody that is underrepresented in this medium can and i i'm willing to acknowledge that i can't express that uh to the degree that uh, like Sly, if we had Sly on the show, he could express, you know, maybe disappointment on this type of topic. But I can express disappointment in the answer. I think it was a cop-out, if not downright falsehood, to say that she was pale in 1.0. She was paler in 1.0. I, I just, I played 1.0, and there's still Google image. I'm, granted, I haven't played it in years because you can't, but you know, Google is a thing. This was readily verifiable. Yeah. I do give yeah, them the benefit I, I, of the doubt that maybe they were doing this more for lore reasons than anything else, Tark. I don't think they were trying to, you know what, uh, let's give brightening cream to all the scions um, and make them a little more white. Uh, I don't. I honestly don't believe that was their intention, but I also believe they should have been more responsible in recognizing the changes that they were making and how it could be perceived, particularly in the West where this is a little more hot button right now than in other areas. Uh, but yeah. even in, you know, in Japan, whitening and lightening creams are advertised and used. And it's not like it's not a global issue, even if it's just a little hotter in the West right now than it is in the East. Yeah. Um, even the, the ladies, you know, they'll, I don't remember the term. Um, actresses paint their faces white. Um, but yeah, I, I just Google it, and she's significantly darker back in 2.0 than 3.0, or even now. I didn't really even notice it, though, until we saw the full trailer at FanFest. Um, when we saw her talking to the forum, I'm like, why is she so pale? Um in, in the back of my head, I was like, well, maybe there's a story reason, but it's stuck in there um, because I know she's going through an issue where she has to use her ether to see. But I don't think um, unless they were truly. I mean, we are talking you know, about a character that, by the way, reason. was dead. <laughs> yeah, twice. That, that was dead. But still, she's twice. not the only character that this has happened. Yes, this is true. Um, so unless there's, you know, consistent story messaging, there, there, there's no reason to be changing her skin color like this. And, and I feel that you're right. It was kind of a cop-out answer. Um, yeah. And they, it they need to be more mindful. Yeah. It didn't even conclude very well. I didn't think, uh, Yoshi P finishes by saying, so I hope the players don't excerpt one single sort of instance and are discouraged by it. I feel it's such a waste for players to be discouraged from a singular instance. It's such a large world to enjoy. I'm sorry if I'm being very blunt and frank about this, 
but I've tried to explain it to the best of my abilities, what went behind it and the reasoning. And even then, I think it just boils down to, I wish people would just enjoy and have fun in this game. And I hope that this message gets conveyed to all those players that do wonder sometimes. Uh, I understand that it is very hurtful um, when he was asked, you know, to understand that the, the development team is not being insensitive. He said, I understand that it is very hurtful. We're not immune to that. None of us are immune to that. We are thinking about it and trying to be as considerate as we can, and we are trying to be serious about it. So if there was any nuance that might have been perceived as us, the Final Fantasy XIV development team, taking this issue lightly in any way, please understand that is not our intention. If there were any sort of misunderstandings, we do want to be mindful of that moving forward. And I think it is meaningful that we're able to talk about it and have this discussion. I hope we can clear up the misconceptions. Um, and again, I just kind of felt lukewarm on that. I felt like it was, how did you not, you know, already have those considerations, Kronos, where, hey, maybe we should get out ahead of this, you know, and talk about before we drop this pale version of Yishtola, you know, talk about why. Uh, or when those questions came up immediately, answer them then. Because to be honest, these questions have been around for multiple expansions now. This is actually the first time I've seen like a, a big article on it, but I'm sure they were there. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I, I really hope he addresses it. Because I don't think lore reasons like enough. If, if, if someone feels represented in a game, and then you do that to a character they feel represented. I, I imagine that's very hopeful. Like like yeah. like you said, Mike, I agree with you. Because as a white male, like I don't, yeah, you know, we're everywhere. We have, we have it pretty good, right? Like I mean, yeah. um, and so I feel really bad when when this happens to people like that. Um, and so they should really take that into account. And I don't think they are. I think you bring up a good point there. And so I hope these these keep coming forward in like bigger light, and they actually do address it. Because I don't really think you need to. Even with a lore reason, like no one's gonna, no one's gonna be like, oh, well, Yastola was in a room, you know, and now she her, right isn't her in lighter, right. you know, like no one's gonna. Right, we got to keep so. the seasonal tanning of all the characters, one hundred percent accurate to the real world, just like we're going to keep the leaving of your body to go to a different star for an entire expansion, as accurate to the real world as. Oh wait a minute, we can't do yeah. that in the real. world. Yeah. What about time travel? <laughs> that interview, by the way, does close with an interesting topic. You're probably not going to get character romancing if you're waiting for it. It's uh -huh. Whatever. I'm okay with that. In a separate interview, though, uh, and on happier news, uh, and if you want to chime in on that uh, that topic, by the way, by all means, in our comments, we would love to hear from people that aren't pasty white males, particularly. But if you're a pasty white male and you have an opinion, go ahead and throw it down there, too. I'll read that as well. Um, Endwalker will have about 30% more story and cutscene than Shadowbringers, coming from an interview with PC Gamer. And let me put my shocked face on. I'm not surprised, right? I mean, they're trying to force the story to wrap up in 6.0, Tark. It would just make mm -hmm. sense that given where we are, and we're going to run and complete all of it, that it would have a lot more story and cutscenes going on, even to the point where they talked about, uh, have we bitten off more than we can chew? And the, almost feeling like, well, it's too late not to go this way, so <laughs> let's keep going. And you think of it like this, um, they're basically saying they're putting all the story content from Shadowbringers that was in 5.0, 5.1, 5.2, and 5.3, all into one beginning area in 6.0. On a story that's a huge front. amount. On a story, of, on a story front. Front. Yes. yes. Dungeons and stuff, those, those counts are going to remain the same. Yeah, those are, the, the feature set's going to remain the same, right. but the story amount. Um, and I'm actually ha happy for this. Um, I was concerned, uh, like, how do you wrap everything up in what has been our perceived normal way of doing a uh, beginning of an expansion because um, I, I didn't know if they had enough time. This gives me a little bit um, better feeling that they will have the time to wrap things up uh, in an adequate way. 
Kronos, he says, uh, looking at the battle content and overall elements that are going into the expansion pack, the number of instance dungeons will not change. We'll never decrease that number either. So the number of dungeons are the same as Shadowbringers, but the amount of work we put into it has increased for sure. From background environment, mechanics, some of the battle presentations, we've put more into the individual elements that go into this content. I feel like it's going to be overall a much more robust experience than previous installments. So kind of alluding to not just story and cutscenes, but a lot of back-end development that hasn't had to go in previous expansions either. I mean, yeah. Uh, to me, like, I, this is like like you said, like the most unshocking news. Like, right. each expansion gets bigger, right? It's like Heaven's Word and then uh, Stormblow was bigger, had more cutscenes with Heaven's Word, and then Shadowbringers has more cutscenes. So to me, it's just a natural thing that they just do. I'd be more shocked if they were like, Endwalker has less cutscenes, you know? Like, I yeah, so I I really don't have much to say on the matter. Like I, I kind of just expected it was going to be longer, especially with the fact that you're tying up the story um, yeah. before the patch. And PC PC gamer had a ton of interviews, and instead of putting them in one piece, of course, get those clicks. They're in about a hundred different pieces. So just go to PC gamer and search fourteen because we also got a little bit of a tease and maybe something you should do between now and Endwalker because you have plenty of time from Yoshi P. With the 10-plus history, we were able to tie up a lot of loose ends. With the climax, there will be more questions that are answered, and people will understand the reasoning behind a lot of things that have been present throughout the story. With that being said, there are areas within planet Hydaelyn that we haven't explored yet. There are continents that have yet to be discovered, areas that have yet to be explored. There's possibilities there. And with the story of Shadowbringers, we learned that the Crystal Tower acts as a portal not just to the distant realms, including the first and those that have been divided by the Sundered, but it can also allow us to travel in time as well. So we can go back to the past and the future as well. So there's still a lot of possibilities left. So time travel after 6.0 to an Yay. entirely different story. <laughs> But to something I had mentioned earlier, he does say we have no intention of negating all that has happened in the story and specifically says we don't want to negate the adventure you went on, the characters that you met along the way, and the achievements that you've accomplished throughout your journey. So when we're looking to that transition and moving forward to the next part of the story, it's safe to assume, assume that this is still taking place in the same universe, so to speak. You won't see a case where right after Endwalker, everyone is going to have amnesia or the meteor Dalamud comes down one more time and the realm is destroyed again. We won't have those incidents again, rest assured. So that's when I kind of was like, all right, so yeah, we're not going to lose and the world be destroyed. <laughs> uh, if you need some stuff to do, head on over to New Game Plus. Yoshi P says, you can go back and play the chapters of the previous expansions in the main story so it's fresh in your memory. I feel like that will help with the enjoyment. By now, I'm sure you're familiar with characters like Laha Breha and Elidibus, but they've been around for a while. Some of the dialogue that they said might carry a different meaning after experiencing what you know from Shadowbringers and going back and revisiting the earlier parts of the story. Maybe another key thing to look out for is when Heidelin calls out to you and how many times she's called upon you. Also, the job quests, some people might have skipped over them, but there are going to be a lot of characters that are going to make an appearance in Endwalker, and that might be a good place to look at from a story experience as well. What do you think, Kronos? You going back and doing New Story uh, Plus because of it? Or New if Game Plus? thinks I'm playing ARR again, he's nuts. <laughs> 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 no I'll let someone else do it and then I'll watch the YouTube video <laughs> when they compare it when it happens in Endwalker uh, I'm not I, like I'm not I immediately Tark when I read <laughs> no. it I was like oh shit can I remember when Hyland first reached oh damn no I can't how many times Pfft, I don't know damn it am I gonna have to go and do this this sounds like an ethics project <laughs> Oh, it's definitely well, an Ethis project. 100%. We'll bring Ethis okay. on to sum up. <laughs> to sum up. Jot these down. How many times? Okay, Are you, is anybody surprised it. by this, though? Like, a lot of things Grahatia, that happened with Grahatia and stuff in the Crystarium 
uh, totally changed some of the context in the Crystal Tower raid too. So it's, we, we've seen them do this. Uh, that was one of the things I, a new player or a friend of mine was getting back into it when Shadowbringers launched. And I said, did you ever finish Crystal Tower? No? Okay, before you even start leveling in, in Shadowbringers, go do Crystal Tower. Go finish that. Go go finish that. I can't believe they didn't make it required at first. Because remember, I think it was 5.1 or 2, right? Where they actually made it like, like it was required to do Crystal Tower to do Shadowbringers. Because yeah. I had friends who like, they don't skip every cutscene, right? But they don't do all the side stuff. Yeah, and some of them didn't start in AR, and so like when the whole reveal with Grahatia came, they were like, "Who, who the hell is that? I don't, yeah. I, I don't even know who that is." Yep. So you know, I don't, I don't want them to do that again. Oh yeah, Ravix, we're definitely but. gonna have uh, Ethis on. We did uh, the live reactions to the fan fest as a cross pr cross promotion with uh, Happy and Sly and Ethis, Tark and I. We were all on those shows, and yeah Ethis is already booked i told him i'm only going to give him a couple of weeks off from fan fest to when he's going to be on the show so that he can do his fan fest content pieces but yeah he'll absolutely be on he's already agreed we just have to get a date uh finally yoshi p did also chime in um on berserk uh last week it goes to show just how many people have received how much people have received from mr miura and his artwork it was heartwarming to see how much influence he has had on players I also want to thank players for taking the time to acknowledge that. Even players in Japan, too, are very much affected by this. And there's a lot of shock from the fandom as well. It's not an exaggeration exaggeration to say that I kept on buying the latest installment of the manga magazine just to read Berserk. So definitely a very sad and unfortunate loss. So Yoshi, Yoshi P feeling the same way a lot of fans. Oh, you were there? Cool. High five, Ravix. High five. I'm going to give you some disco lights in the background. I can't give you the applause right now since we're doing the show. But, uh, Gentlemen, let's uh, wrap up with some Square Enix, other Square Enix news very quickly, and then we'll uh, head on over to our Love It or Leave It segment. Uh, the Dragon Quest 35th anniversary stream was this week, and we've got a ton of announcements, uh, mobile games. There's going to be a Dragon Quest 3 remake in the HD 2D engine, Tark. The Octopath Sorry. Traveler de engine. We were talking about that on Twitter for a, a different title, but I'm I'm loving how this looks for Dragon Quest 3. Uh, me too. Me too. Uh, Dragon Quest 3 is... I, I think I would have rather have had Dragon Quest 5, but I'll settle for mm. Dragon Quest 3. I'll settle for Dragon Quest 3. Also, getting a Dragon Quest X offline version. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. Dragon Quest X is an MMORPG in Japan that never made it west. Sad face from Mike Byrne. Sad face Antark. from Mike Byrne. Antark. Uh, I have tried to play on the Japanese servers multiple different times, but uh, unlike Fantasy Star Online 2, when I was playing on Japanese servers... There is no like English patch for for it that at least that I'm aware of. So I have given up uh, multiple times. So I was very delighted, Kronos, to see that there was going to be an offline version. I was like, cool. So at least I could play through like the main story beats of it, if not have the MMO experience. However, this one might not make it globally either. In fact, during this presentation. There was little text in the lower right-hand corner that read that no global release is planned. Now, they, they were also discussing like the update 6 to the MMO version. Uh, so maybe they didn't mean to apply it for the offline version. I don't know. We'll have to see if at some point... I, if you're going to make an offline version, send me an English one, please. Like, yes, it can't please. be that hard at that point, Kronos. Yeah, I mean... If they wanted to, they could probably localize it. Um, I guess the hope that you can hold out for is like because it'll be offline and you won't have to like connect to a server or anything. Potentially, there might be some type of fan translation at some point. It might take a little while. Yeah, maybe. But you could, that could maybe potentially happen. Like, I mean, something like a patch for Fan Star on, Online too, like to play that game fully in English, that probably takes a lot of work to do that. I would imagine something offline probably is a little bit less work. But um, it kind of sucks that they're not going to localize it. It's, these aren't these are my games for me, but it, it still sucks like when they do stuff like that. So uh, 
Oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for a, a global release on this. I'm, I'm hoping not, holding out hope. Um, I, I wanted to play the MMO, but you know, if we could get an off offline version so I can at least experience the story, um, there's apparently a lot of content here. Are you, uh, learning, are you learning Japanese right now? <laughs> yes, I'm gonna have um, to. Yeah. <laughs> can I borrow that when you're done? I just. Number one Japanese. Gonna have to get get at it. What I won't need well, we Japanese for, gentlemen, is Dragon Quest Twelve. Woohoo! This one we will see a global release. Uh, we don't know when. We didn't get any timing or anything like that. Besides to say twenty twenty two, or or not even that. It was a. Uh, we'll have more information in the future, mm -hmm. and. Interestingly, this one is supposed to be darker in themes than previous Dragon Quests and will not be turn-based. I don't know how to feel about that. Yuji Hori surprisingly revealed that Dragon Quest XII will not feature a turn-based battle system, only saying that it won't completely disappear, but it'll be different. Those who played Dragon Quest until now will still feel at home, now, he didn't say it was going to be like an action RPG or anything, just that it wasn't turn-based. And you should know that Akiri Toriyama and Koichi Sugiyama are back for Dragon Quest XII. I thought Dragon Quest XI was probably going to be last, but appears they're going to do twelve too, so I'm uh, definitely okay with that. So here's, here's my thought, gentlemen. Do you consider the Final Fantasy VII remake to be turn-based? No. Definitely not. No. Because it is. I mean... It is. I, uh, I don't think, like... It's, it's a hidden turn-based system. Yeah, it's a hybrid I, thing. So for me, like, hidden turn-based is more like Nice Deal Republic style, where, like, it obviously is turn-based, but, like, they try to, like, have... Act like, to me, like, if I press a button, and I don't know, like, the ATB is more just like a gauge to me, if that makes sense. It's not really like a... I don't limiting know. me to like ATB a is so turn, really like makes it, it turn based. Like I think it's I think it's turn based in a way that doesn't turn off people that hate turn based. <laughs> like that's the only way I could describe it, Tark. It's like, oh I hate turn based games. Oh you'd be fine with the Final Fantasy Seven Final Fantasy Seven remake. It's not turn based. Yeah it is. <laughs> like if they do that, I could see that fitting into what they're talking about here, Tark, right? Like it's not yeah. turn-based. But if you We've enjoy had... turn-based games, this will still feel familiar. And I think the Final Fantasy VII Remake system is literally that, if you had to describe it to somebody. Sure. Oh, you're used to turn-based? This isn't quite turn-based. Uh, you're going to tell people what to do at certain times and when they can do it, but then you could go do this other stuff during that. Like, I think that is probably, if I had to guess, what they're leaning towards. And I'm okay with that, I think. I'm okay with that. I don't know. Part of what makes Dragon Quest Dragon Quest, I mean, I don't know how the MMO is, but um, all the other mainline series have all been hard turn-based, you know? Right. Stop. Take your turn. Yep. Um, so I'm not sure how I feel about this. Um, <laughs> clearly, we need more information. <laughs> we do. You know, we other do. than just a we logo definitely and, do. and the title. Yeah, because uh, Kronos here, we've talked about on this show, like, we're probably never going to see another Final Fantasy turn-based game mainline yeah. numbered game and we were okay with that because dragon quest was probably going to fill that niche <laughs> and yeah, now right. here we are <laughs> fast forward a number of shows later and no no that's not going to carry the turn-based torch either Kronos. <laughs> yeah it just seemed to me uh like i said i, I wasn't probably they weren't going to really sell me on this more than likely uh, i don't i don't really play a lot of dragon quest like we've talked about that before but um i'm surprised that this is the direction they want to go in because I thought like you thought that this was going to be like their outlet for the people that want to just play the straight classic turn-based style yeah um, and, and so the fact that this is kind of going more of the way where like Final Fantasy is going kind of just makes it seem like it's just two two of like just two two things that are going down a very similar path even though they're, they're owned by the same company but right it, it more felt like they were they were different and now it feels like they're kind of coming back together and they're the same Tark, you mentioned earlier that we were talking on Twitter, you and I, about 
uh, a remake and a particular game because initially this rumor started as at E3, Square Enix or Square Enix is going to announce a PlayStation 5 exclusive that was believed at the, the initial rumors to be another remaster that we didn't know about. The rumors evolved about 24 to 36 hours later yeah. to say that Final Fantasy Origin is going to be announced through a partnership with um, Team Ninja, the team behind Ninja Gaiden and Neo, and that this is going to be more along the line of like Dark Souls or re, uh, Jedi uh, Fallen Order, Jedi, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order game. And they say a little more accessible than Neo, but then they go ahead and compare it to Dark Souls, which like, yeah, okay. Like, um, and don't get me wrong, I love the Dark Souls series, but I would not call the Dark Souls series accessible uh, for a large portion of the gaming audience. I don't know how I feel about this one. I'll probably express more in our uh, love it or leave it segment on this, but what's your initial gut reaction to the announcement, Tark? And this is Neo oh. footage for those of you not familiar. Yeah. This you know, to give you an idea of what we would probably be looking at. Uh, I think if they find the sweet spot that Jedi Fallen Order did, where um, it's it's not so hardcore, maybe this will work um, and and get a more of the general audience. Um, but I'd be all for of the hardcore. I would love to get into something challenging like that in the Final Fantasy universe. Um, but I think, again, if they can find that sweet spot um, where it's, again, accessible, that's their key term, uh, this could probably do very well. I mean, we do expect them to announce more stuff at E3, too. You know, we'll probably mm -hmm. get some more information about Forspoken and, and a few other type and, uh, you know, uh, previously Project Athia. Uh, and uh, really? new Tomb Raider game and probably Final Fantasy 16 as well. But this is exciting in one regards to me, but a little, maybe I'm a little apprehensive too, Kronos, if that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, I mean, if it's the difficulty aspect, I think like kind of what Tark brought up, like Fallen Order is pretty easy for like a Souls-like game. Um, mm -hmm. So if it's more down, more down that road, like I don't think difficulty or accessibility is going to be a problem. Um, I mean, I'm I'm for any Final Fantasy game. Yeah, I just I want some turn-based games. I do but, too. You know, but not but not Dragon Quest. I uh, Dragon Quest Final Fantasy. I also <laughs> think this and this name is obviously just a leak. We don't know, but this this name has got to go. Final Fantasy Origin. No, we already yeah, have no. a Final Fantasy Origins. I don't need confusion. Come on, you guys already screwed us over with two and four and three and six, six and now yeah. we got origin <laughs> and origins. No, no, make it something different. Just make it something different. And on the last Final Fantasy Souls, right? The last uh, thing on the rumor train is that apparently Square Enix is going to make a Guardians of the Galaxy game. Jeff Grubb claiming that that's a real thing. Um, maybe they didn't get their teeth kicked in by Marvel enough. Uh, so we'll Hello. see. Uh, let's go over to Love It or Leave It. <laughs> Gentlemen, Love It or Leave It. Not the specific game we were just talking about, but the idea of a Final Fantasy, official Final Fantasy title done in the vein of a Demon Souls or Dark Souls. Uh, difficulty and all. What do you think, Kronos? Love the idea or leave it? Uh, yeah, it would definitely be a love it for me. I'll, I'll take anything with the Final Fantasy name on it for the most part. So it's, I'm pretty easy to please uh, when it comes to that. And I do like difficult stuff, so it would definitely appeal to me for sure. De I definitely love it. Tark? As one that's beaten Bloodborne multiple times, played Neo, played Demon Souls, you put a Final Fantasy face on that, I'm all for it. Love it. Give it to me now. Uh, it's a very, very apprehensive love it for me, gentlemen. I love Dark Souls and Demon Souls and Bloodborne. I absolutely love the titles. The uh, Final Fantasy... The... 
The PlayStation 5 remake was just, uh, or remaster was just a fantastic uh, game. Fantastic Great. game. Obviously, if you put Final Fantasy on it, I'm going to buy it. I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, go I don't wrong. know if I want my Final Fantasies all mixed up genre-wise and stuff like this. Like, what's next? Do you want a Final Fantasy dance game? Oh shit! Yes, I actually do. Like, not just theatrhythm, like a rhythm game. Like, like give me like a Final Fantasy DDR. Oh hell yeah! Go go into all genres. Let's do it. Uh, Final Fantasy puzzle game. Oh, uh, we already got a couple of those too. Um, Final Fantasy Sports Simulator. Well, we're going to get Blitzball at some point. Yeah. Well, you know what? I figure we've done it all already. I love it. I love it. Let's do it. Uh, let's do it. That's love it or he leave it. Himself into it. Yeah, I talked myself into it. Where you know, I tried to make a joke, and I was like, well, shit, we are in all those. And I bought all those damn things. Hell, I got my Final Fantasy Pokemons, you know? <laughs> I got those in, in World of Final World Fantasy. Of Final Fantasy yeah. And then I got yeah, Explorers. And, oh, yeah, Final Ex Fantasy Monster Hunter, yeah. Explorers yeah. is yep. a good game, man. Hell I yeah. actually like that game. Yeah, I did too. Anyway, that's a topic for another show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been wonderful hanging out with you. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out and watching the Relic Grind chat on the live channel. Don't go anywhere. After this stream, we're going to go dark for about 30 seconds, and then we're going to bring up our streamer this evening, Ms. Faye Death. How are you? Hello. I am well. How about y'all? I can't complain. What are you streaming tonight? We are back into Diablo 3 with our fearless companions, Yod and Tark, and we're going to smashy smashy. It's going to be a great time. Maniacs. Maniacs. Up in the difficulty. Tears. Yes. Upping the di difficulty. Upping the difficulty. That too. The <laughs> <laughs> difficulty. I can't. I can't talk this week. It's gonna be a good stream. Woohoo! <laughs> so Faye will be alive in just a few minutes. We'll be back with another relic grind on Thursday of next week, 7 p.m. Eastern. Until then, Kronos, where can everybody find you? Uh, yeah, same as always. Uh, Twitter below. I'm approaching 150 mounts. So uh, spirit bomb me for the the diamond Gweber. It's avoiding <laughs> me. I need it. <laughs> Tarkov. Uh at Twitch and Twitter at Tarkov Gaming. Also here Saturday and Sunday nights on Ready Check Radio with new replicants. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me personally right down there, Magic Man One. But more importantly, follow at RC Radio, R-A-I-D-E-O, so we can tweet at you and let you know any of our three podcasts are going live or any of our wonderful team of volunteer streamers who I love tremendously goes live. Until next time, gang, stay safe. And we'll see you on the servers.